Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I am WWE superstar Seth freaking Rollins, and you are watching Snack Wars on Sport Bible. Uh, what is this? High-protein beef paste? Why is there beef paste with the coffee? What, what am I supposed to do with this? So traditionally, at football matches or soccer matches, that would be served as a drink. Oh, so this is not coffee. This is liquid beef paste. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, That's delicious. <laughs> that is nice. That tastes like a nice bone broth. That's, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Like that, that is like a nice soup, you know? That's good. I can't in, in good conscience rate a garbage cup of this coffee over this delicious beef broth. So nutritious and delicious. Point for the broth. Wow. I was expecting that to taste like shit. Thoughts on... Bovril entering the cultural WWE zeitgeist via Seth Rollins. I, you know, I'm not mad at it. No, I'm no. not mad at it. I, I think that uh, I think that Bovril needs to be spread out there. I still think that people should be really putting their hands in their pockets here, Tom, for the the, the greatest need of of human history, mm-hmm. which is for us to go to Bovril, Argentina, to record <laughs> this podcast. If there's any listeners out there in Argentina who want to put us up in Bovril, that would be great. By the sounds uh, of it, Seth Rollins wants to join us. Yeah, you know, a bit of meat paste. <laughs> What's wrong a with of, a bit of meat a paste? Bit of yeah. <laughs> I want to. I think we should try the Bovril beer at some point. I'm not ready for That's that a yet. Bovril beer? No, but like, do you remember back when we were kind of looking at the history of Bovril just out of curiosity? Yes, we've done that. Um, of course, we, we found out about obviously Bovril, Argentina, but beef extract beer. Somebody sent us that video where they were drinking. Uh, Bovril yes. beer, and it was a real thing that, that you used to be able to get back in the day, where it was like beef extract in a beer. There's your dinner. <laughs> Fuck eating anything. <laughs> Just drink this. It's got meat in it. It's got beer in it. It's got all the stuff that's in beer. What can't you? And it's a beer, so you look hard as fuck. Set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going for a beerful. He. I mean, I don't know. He'd probably want one of those isotonic, non-alcoholic beerverls. Yeah, but I, I get it. The guy does a lot of CrossFit. More than I do, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, I only go twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. Classic Nights for Review! 
back Me. once again with the Me. Renegade Master D4 Damager. Power to the people. <laughs> it has been uh, a, a hot minute since we sat down to talk about Nitro Sam Driver. It has. I, I need to apologise. Uh, we both need we, to apologise. I guess, but at the same time, I just had this run of things that kept happening on Wednesdays for whatever reason. So it was like, oh, you got to go see Muse? Yeah, it's on a Wednesday for some <laughs> just fucking random Wednesday afternoon. Uh, oh, you're going to go to London, do this? Oh, yep, that's on a Wednesday as well. And are you going to do what? Yeah, Wednesday. And then we try and like reschedule, but obviously we already have schedules for other days. So it's kind of like cram it in and it's like, oh, there's not enough time. Oh, shit, we've only got 40 minutes and it's like an hour and a half now. Fuck. And, then, so, and then last week, I was, I was hoping to get back into form with recording these. And then I completely fucked my voice up on the weekend. Yeah. To the point where I... I couldn't, I could, I like all my, 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 this. that was me. That was me all last week, pretty Hello, much all last week. Do you want the wrestling news? <laughs> so I had to, I had to, I had to get cover for the news videos. I had to cancel a lot of interviews. It was rubbish. <laughs> Boring. I always fret every time I lose my voice. Like this is the, this is the one now. Yeah. This is it now. This yeah. is my voice forever. I've ruined it forever. I don't know why it's popped into my head. It's really grim, but I was watching a documentary about North Korean defectors and one of them was a, <laughs> I like how that is the jump. One of, of them was a, <laughs> one of them was a, a pianist, a, like a, a properly trained, amazing, like virtuoso level pianist. Uh, and he said as he was being uh, tortured in the after I think being caught the first time or just being in the camp in general, uh, he had to like tuck his hands under his uh, elbows and his armpits and stuff because he was like, whatever they do to me, can't let them fuck up my hands. So oh. I imagine it's sort of a similar thing with your voice where it's like, oh, God, no, fuck shit, balls. Yeah, you, I mean, you'd think I'd be protective of my voice, but... You no. can't really put your voice in your armpits, though, can you? No. I, you can kind of speak into your armpits a bit. I just throw it across a large room <laughs> Literally, for a long just time. straight down his throat, rips out the vocal cords, yeets them around his head like a cowboy, and then just, you know... I'm really nervous, because next week is North Wrestling Thunderstruck, July 15th at the Walker Dome. Biggest wrestling show North Wrestling's ever done, mm -hmm. featuring Mercedes Martinez, Joey mm -hmm. Janela... Scotty Duhotti and Gangrel. Yep. I'm going to fuck my voice up. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to hopefully have a big PA at least. So you'll have a big PA system where you can, um, where you can, you know, you can rely more on that. But at the same time, I know what you like. You, you, yeah. you like to go ham hard as a motherfucker. Type. I ham. I are a ham. <laughs> <laughs> I am ham. Hopefully. The friend of I am Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> and I are Babu. I aha big star of cartoon that's the one but you but you've changed your hair since we last spoke we have yeah uh, I, uh, I well I, it's sort of I've been bleaching it a lot so you've got to kind of give it downtime right. so I'm going to give it like six months off so I've gone back to brown but uh, spent ages looking at the boxes looking around going right I need the right color that's the right color and it's like right if you want it to look exactly like the box just leave it on for this long wash it out do all of this, followed it to a T, wash it all off, and it was chocolate brown, like super dark. And oh, I was like, no. <gasps> so the last two days, I've just been like, shampoo, 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 and it's doing nothing. So I, I've got lovely chocolate brown hair as opposed to the weird mottled gray shitty mess that it usually is. <laughs> it is hilariously the second hair dye malfunction that Cultaholic has suffered in the year so far. Yeah, and I, you know, even Cody Pachiti is the first <laughs> Cody one. Cody Pachiti is the first one. You go back as far as last year, I was Sonic the Hedgehog for a while. You were Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. for a while. I like I've that. not been peach or pink yet. No, I have been pink. I, you have been pink, I was going to say. Suggest your colours now at the <laughs> inbox that you can send <laughs> things to. Classic at cultaholic.com. at cultaholic.com. Send it to that and see how you get on. <laughs> uh, what what colour was your hair in 1996? <clears throat> uh, 
It'll have gone brown. I was brown. born like blonde. Mm. I was born really, really blonde. And then it slowly started shifting darker and darker. Okay. As all of the joy was sapped out of my life. <laughs> Just to put you in the uh, in the <laughs> mental frame yeah. for where we are today. July the 15th, 1996. Yeah. For Monday Nitro. Uh, in the real world, number one in the UK movie charts was Mission Impossible. Love Mission Impossible. In the US movie charts, it was Independence Day. Beautiful. ID4 oh, Independence girl. Day. ID4. We're recording this the day after actual Independence Day. Woo! Where I hope everybody's still got their fingers. <laughs> Do you not know, like, every every year, every year on Independence Day, people lose their fingers, like, to horrible firework incidents oh! because they get drunk and they're like, yeah, I'll hold on to this, and it goes... Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's some. Blo- some blo- Please tell us you, you, you've all got your, your going, you bastards, <laughs> taking the piss. <laughs> if that's you, say hi. <laughs> Fuji's killing me softly. Back at number one after yep. it lost it for a week with Three Lions, and that's back again with the mm-hmm. ill behaviour. Uh, number one in the US charts is Tupac, Casey, Jojo, and Dr. Dre with "How Do You Want It?" Slash California Love. Lovely stuff. Nice song. The Summer Olympics have got underway this week. Uh, the Friday after Nitro, Atlanta was uh, the yeah, selected Atlanta, right? site. This is Mr. Mr. Angle's big moment with his broken freaking oh, neck. It most certainly is. Uh, the opening ceremony takes place on the Friday after this week's Nitro at the Centennial Olympic Stadium in Atlanta. The games were officially opened by the President, Bill Clinton. Tom, you have to call it Hotlanta. Hotlanta! Yeah. The, hot, the hottest home of WCW. The, the A is actually pronounced hot. Heartlander. <laughs> I didn't know that. What a stupid bastard I am. <laughs> the Olympic cauldron was lit, and certainly was, by former gold medalist and boxing champion Muhammad Ali. Uh, we had punched it and it <laughs> caught on fire with the sheer force. Yes, where he's the world's greatest. Celine Dion uh, and Gladys Knight were performers on the night. As long a as Canadian? I know, right? A Canadian? Building bridges. Yeah, I guess. Building bridges. If you want to build bridges to Canada, that is. (laughs) If you You know what they're like up there. They're wild. (laughs) They've got French people and everything. Get this right. With all those wild French people, as well as the rest (laughs) of the world, it was viewed, was the opening ceremony of the Olympics, by 3.5 billion viewers worldwide. The most watched TV event until... The funeral of the Queen last year. I miss when the Olympics was a bigger deal. I don't what know what I miss the Queen. I miss the Queen. <laughs> I miss our nation's grandmother. Uh, no, I, I, I miss when the Olympics was a big deal because, like, in my house, we always loved the Olympics. Like Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, it didn't matter. Like Commonwealth Games, it would always be on. Um, and we'd watch the fuck out of the Olympics, and it always felt like such a big deal. And now, just over the last few years, obviously COVID hasn't helped. The Rio Olympics were a dumpster fire. It's just, it feels like it's kind of grinded to a halt. And people are starting to ask questions like, is it even worth doing the Olympics anymore? It's like, of course it of course fucking it is. is. It's all about like peace through sports. And it's it's so easy to watch and it's amazing. And, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it, I really it, want to be a curler one year. If you can just give me a curling job, that'd be great, lads. Hashtag Sam Driver for curling. <laughs> That'd be a nice thing for you to be a curler. Do you mean like the guy who is with the stick? Oh, rubbing fuck the, the stick. stick. I want to be the thrower. The thrower. I, want to be the, I want to be the guy gliding down like a majestic falcon, <laughs> letting go of the stone. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, look, make that happen. You yeah, I think do there's the only like two places, three places in the country you can learn to do it properly, I think. So where would that one say? I think there's a place in Scotland. I think there's a place in Sheffield. Mm. I think there's... there's so there's probably more than like five or six, but like the only ones that I've ever seen when I've I've done the the bit Google of like, can I just go and learn how to curl? 
it's been sort of like, oh, you can't really just go and learn it, obviously, because it requires a massive fucking setup with a specific thing for quite a minor sport on a global mm. scale. Curlingham. Oh, yes. That, <laughs> that, that should be. Well, what happened to my voice there? That was weird. Ow. Also around this time in 1996, I invented the most carb-heavy thing I'd ever eaten. Go on. It's called uh, the the um, the bird's eye potato waffle sandwich. Oh, okay. It's basically just bread, bird's eye potato waffles in the middle, and whatever condiments you like. Oh, oh, see, I thought and you, you just were going to use that. the waffles you... as the bread. Oh no, no, no! That'd be far too. That'd be far too smart. <laughs> no, you, you, you stick the waffle between the bread, and your parents look at you in shame. <laughs> Did you ever lob anything else between the waffles? Bit of sausage, maybe. No, nah, I, I, I was, I was a very picky eater as a kid. Uh, very, very picky eater. So, so potato sandwich was. I mean, potato I mean, sandwich it's, is the boy. It's, it's a chip butty adjacent. Yeah, it's a chip butty adjacent, but it, it, there's just a particular level of grimness to it because it does just turn to mush. It almost yeah. becomes a mash sandwich. <laughs> mash sandwich, if you will. Uh, in the real world, as Sam Driver was chomping away on his mashwich, uh, we were getting word through the Wrestling Observer that Sean Waltman, a.k.a. the 123, was given his release from the World Wrestling Federation. The plan is... It's because he wasn't a kid anymore. You know, they, <laughs> the they needed... It was one, two, three kids. He's, he's older now. You know, what are you going to do with that gimmick? <laughs> he can't just be still hanging around, you know, pretending he's 18. There is a limit <laughs> when, you, when you are called the something kid. Yeah, well, like, look, at, look at Jungle Boy. Yes. Right? Can't be Jungle Boy forever. No, he's now Jack Perry. Yeah. Oh, boom me. I'm Let a baddie me just, now. Um, like, keep going. I'm just okay. going to have to mute them, their notifications, because my phone is going off like it's about to Him. explode. All right, popular. The one, two, three kid was given his release. He's expected to join World Championship Wrestling and be part of the Outsiders storyline. As a jump from the WWF, he seems perfectly right to fit into that group of the Click Boys and mm. Hulk Hogan. Uh, now, there's loads of absences from Nitro this week, some notable ones, uh, because Summer Struggle is taking place in Sapporo, Japan, for yes. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the first night, we'll see Brad Armstrong jobbing to Osamu Kido, uh, Ric Flair beating Randy Savage, Keiji Muto and Sting beating the Road Warriors, and the Giant defending the WCW title over Power Warrior, a.k.a. Kensuke Sasaki. Nice. The next night will feature Randy Savage nice. versus Jushin Liger. Which Liger should have just kicked his silly hat and glasses off. <laughs> Sadly. Beat him didn't. down with a Slim Jim. Sadly, it was Savage pinning Liger with an elbow yeah, drop. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> the Giant retained the WCW title over Sting. And Shinya Hashimoto retained the IWGP title against Ric Flair. Beautiful. Nice little weekend Beautiful. in New Japan wrestling. But it does mean that we're lacking a few Nitro names. is high and dry. We got one star this week. One star. <laughs> In every sense of the word. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we are live once again from Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. I do love this stage setup. Yeah, I, there's something about that kind of 50s art deco-y style entranceway. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I like open air shows regardless of size, you know. I'll tell you who doesn't like it. Who? Dave Meltzer. Of course he fucking doesn't. What does he like? From the Observer. Eh? What does he like? Well, he likes... If you stuck a big inflatable dome over it, what would he say then? <laughs> eh? Five stars. Eh? Yeah. He likes Omega Osprey. We know that much from recent memory. But back then, you didn't even know who those fuckers were. So he's, he's just talking about Omega and Osprey, and you're like, what? Omega was a glint in the milkman's eye at this Osprey point. Osprey was a child. <laughs> <laughs> he's not having any five-star <laughs> matches. Dave says, I don't Dave, like... Little... just this weird prophecy guy. <laughs> 
It's just sort of sitting there, yeah, with with like a palantir, just sort of like seeing future seven star matches. Just going. (laughs) (laughs) Dave says, "I don't like the look of the TV show at Disney because you feel like you're watching Little League baseball or adult softball in these makeshift grandstands." No, man, no. It's special. It feels much like the lights go down with the, you know, like with the 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 sun going down and everything and everything just sort of it feels special to be outside i don't know what it is i don't know if you were spoiled for outdoor wrestling events in this day and age maybe you were but it's sort of i don't know for me it's just like yeah i love it dave Meltzer seems to think that the reason we're doing it here is because a lot of the turner production trucks are covering the olympics and they're having to sort of divvy up the equipment. I guess if you go to somewhere where they're going to have probably, you know, all of the equipment you may need mm. and and any extra union staff and anything like that, it makes sense to kind of have just just base it somewhere for a couple of weeks just, mm. you know, while it's uh, while everything else is going a bit mental. They're actually enhancing the experience for, for theme park goers because Dave Meltzer says during the week, besides taping Nitro, they ran regular matches as attractions at Disney two every few hours to give the young guys some experience. However, the odds of WCW moving its office from Atlanta to Disney appear to have decreased from most accounts. But I like the idea that at this period, you know, if you were, you know, didn't want to quite, didn't want to ride for a little bit, wanted to wait for you to go down, yeah. you could just sit and watch, you know, Roadblock versus Brad Armstrong. Yeah, it's great. And they're, they're getting extra value for money anyway, because it's double the fireworks. In fact, WCW is doing their fireworks before Disney's fireworks, mm. which makes them better. Rename it <laughs> WCW <laughs> Land. <laughs> the Nitro Giant Land. Tower of Terror. Yeah, come on, you can do it. Oh, yeah, and then you could, if you buy Universal, that could be like Saturday night's uh, main event land. <laughs> Yeah. You can still keep keep the name Space Mountain though. Yeah, that was because that still works. At yeah, all you cards. just got to slap Flair's face on all of the all of the uh, little carts. <laughs> it's just you. Just, therefore, you have it. No, it's not just Ric Flair's face on the carts, and then when you're in the darkness, you just see LED shots of Ric Flair shagging. It takes you all the way to like the top. <laughs> it takes you all the way to the top, but it won't let you get off the ride until you all woo passionately. <laughs> and if you don't, you're just gonna sit there. Like when Alton Towers, when Oblivion locks up and people are stuck at the very edge, just going, oh no, I'm going to die. Someone's not wooing loud enough. It's a fucking woo. <laughs> and then Flair gets over and he's like, you want to go around again? You've been on the. You e- want to see those LED images again? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> then fucking woo. <laughs> I've missed this. <laughs> Have you ever been on the E.T. ride at Universal? I have. I've only ever been to Universal. I've never been to a Disney park, which is mental. But E.T., yeah, when he... uh, But when you walk on the ride, you have to... Give them your name. You give them the name. Because at the end, E.T. goes, goodbye, Sam. Yeah, goodbye, Tom. Of course, we went on it loads. So dickheads, we just kept changing our names. Yeah, we did Thank you, Alan, Alan, (laughs) Alan. Alan, yeah. Alan. It was that was. Uh, I just wasn't <laughs> expecting that ride to be as fucking trippy as it was either. It was, it was just like it's kind of like okay, it's ET. You got the little bicycle thing. You got the fucking basket. You know the crack. You you, you go on some big escape thing. No, you're in ET's homeworld. Mm-hmm. And it's all just giant fucking mushrooms and shit. And it's just like, it's all like downlit. And it's Welcome like, what the home. fuck? You are home. <laughs> and there's just a big telephone in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> fucking terrifying is it still did they ever make an ET phone they must have they done. should have made an ET phone with the finger being the bit sure you put sure they did ear. a BT 
or telephone. They had BT, with... ET advertised BT, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you should have made a little phone where his arm comes off and his little finger goes in your ear to listen. Ah. And you just talk into his like detached elbow or something. That'd have been amazing. That'd have been creepy as fuck. <laughs> just ripping <laughs> ET's arm off just to ring your nan. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> ah, shut up. <laughs> nan, you're all right. The finger should glow with all of the sound coming through it as it comes through. Hello, <laughs> son. <laughs> now, meanwhile, in the boring world of Nitro, Teddy Giovanni and Larry Zabisco are ringside in their casuals. In f- no, not just in any casuals, in fetching Mickey Mouse polo shirts, so you know it's the 90s. You know the 90s have hit Absolutely with us. Amazing. They inform us that later on tonight, the Outsiders and Hulk Hogan will be here. But they don't know whether Hulk's here for the rest of the show, so just disregard the fact you've heard that Hogan's going to be here. Yeah. Larry Zabisco asks, who's next for their new world order? Spinning two WCW trademark catchphrase into the same opening spiel. Well, one of them's not even a catchphrase yet. One will be, though. Ooh, Zabisco's it's gonna on be. it. It's going to be. Zabisco opines that the outsiders may be recruiting <laughs> from with him. around Dave's palantir. <laughs> he says Hogan has a lot of influence and he could, build, he could buy an army if he wanted mm. to. Hopefully he doesn't. That'd be silly. I, I think the the thing is, with it being 96 as well, coming into these last couple of shows, I was worried that it wasn't going to be quite as hot audience-wise. Uh, but I think with it being the 90s, with the fact people know they're on TV, I think they're just going to cheer anything each week. And it sort of worked out all right. We didn't get any sort of quiet impact zone style moments or anything like you sometimes would get back in the day. So it's quite nice. Uh, Sting, Macho Man, and the Giant are not here. Mm. Lex Luger is... Thank God Leg is here. Our one star. <laughs> Our one star for the evening. <laughs> Yay, Leg. We get a replay of the shocking betrayal by Hogan at Bash at the Beach. And it's we head- been two weeks now, guys. Come on. We're still struggling. It's like a Come break- on, guys. It's like a breakup. It is like a family's been destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's odd. It's horrible. I feel bad for everybody in WCW. They're all so sad. <laughs> the man, the man they, they all thought was a cunt backstage turns out to be a cunt backstage. <laughs> I just had no idea it was coming, you know? I didn't realise this piece it's of like shit was like some sort of gonna... after-school special, and they're just sort of sitting around like, no. <laughs> like, we all knew he was a dick, but oh, he, he was then a dick on... Oh, oh. like, a, I, I would have killed for a WCW behind-the-music style show. <laughs> like, just a bit of a... Just a, a full-blown sort of week-by-week breakdown of them all just sitting there going, oh, man, fuck this. Fuck Hogan. <laughs> after that replay, we get our first match of the night, which is a beefy tag team contest. It's Fire and Ice versus the Steiners. Low-key, one of my favorite things about 96 WCW were Fire and Ice. Yeah, I get I want a Fire and Ice shirt. I like that, and the fact that, um, the fact, like, just behind that, I like the fact that WCW aren't afraid, because of the time, they're not afraid to go out there and just put hosses in the ring and go, just leather each other, lads. <laughs> yeah. Just get out there and beat the fuck out of each other, and the crowd's going to love it, and the crowd always loves it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's true. WCW had, like, a... a- Tag team division of just hosses. Yeah. Just it was like everybody tags. talks about Vince's hard on for beefy blokes, but like it's still obviously an industry wide thing. But WCW's mm. not a slouch in that department either. Not in the slightest. Norton dominates Scotty, which you don't see very often. Oh, yeah. Scott's like rocked. Mm-hmm. Tony Giovanni tells us that Mr. Nanny is on TBS tomorrow night, which Larry Zabisco says, we'll, we'll take it off. 
Yeah, Hogan's a dick. Don't watch it, but watch it. Please watch it, but also don't watch it. <laughs> this is a conflict of interest of a heel being in a top Look film. at him, he's Mr. Nanny. <laughs> How are you not going to watch this? It's funny because I don't know whether you've seen Hulk Hogan, but he doesn't look like he should be a nanny. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the funniest part. He shouldn't be a nanny. <laughs> he's a wrestler. What a silly situation. I hope it all ends up all right. Uh, Scott Steiner. He's <laughs> watching your face drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film. It's a nanny. I've only ever seen it once, and I can't really remember much about it at all. He has a ballerina costume on yeah. point, which is funny because he's a wrestler. Yeah, but they're not actually that far removed from each other in terms of, you know, the, the actual way that it sort of works. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the wear and tear on your body. Oh, yeah, I'd say ballerinas go through uh, a hell of a lot in, in, in terms of, like, training and, and having to get themselves into such incredible shape and the effects of it on their body uh, and then wrestling yeah it's like the, you're taking those bumps after bumps after bumps but it's having to memorize everything you've got to do mm. and then nail it perfectly yeah that's each ballet. night it's just like what the fuck it's true this ain't ballet you're yeah. right it's much easier than ballet <laughs> Sort of. Uh, you don't really see many ballet dancers getting suplexed. I don't know. I like Steiner's pirouette to Norton here. That Let's flops start into the, the Ballet Wrestling Federation. Let's do it. Do it. I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Just get some just Hulk Hogan. Some gnarly work. pirouettes into like an F5. Fucking yeah. Yeah. Imagine the tornillos they could do. That'd be great. Clothesline just spinning on the spot. I want a Swear. male ballerina tag team that just kicks fuck out of people. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Do that. They could be doing all their plies and stuff. Yeah. They could be using the rope like a bar. Oh, man. Stress like a bar than fucking lariat fucker. Any ballet dancers out there, get into the world of wrestling. Please do. You won't regret it. You'll be fine. Yeah. Ice train recalibrates. You, you start and then you get signed by Vince. That's how it works, right? <laughs> well, not these lads, because there was two companies back then. Well, three. But, you know, <laughs> sort of. You just start and you get signed. How dare you throw shade at the tributes to wrestling show that runs in the UK with fake Kane. And what are you on about? Those were the real time. ones pretending not to be the real ones. That's very true. Yeah. Stand correct. They changed their tattoos and everything. Uh, Ice Train recalibrates his tag partner on the outside as Scott tags. Somebody in the tech department accidentally plays the wrong music briefly. Yeah. And they cycle <laughs> through two tracks like, like an old like, school CD. It's like Sting's theme and then something else. And then they're like... As we fade. I loved it. It's such a nightest thing. You could almost hear them going, shit, track four. <laughs> They've labeled this CD wrong. It said Nitro ending track three. It's track five. Fucked up. Back from break, an ice train is wearing down on a Rick Steiner. This has been a beefy boy match, but quite dull, to be yeah, honest. It, it's sort of... Um... We've seen them go at it before. It's nothing we haven't seen, but mm -hmm. I think it, it is a good one for maybe a more casual audience. Um, you know, it, it's smaller crowds, just big moments like Norton, especially getting like launched to the floor, things like that. There's a lot of kind of going to the outside of the ring throughout mm -hmm. the evening. I think it's, you know, it's a smaller crowd. So the more you do in and around that crowd, even if it's just in front of them, it is exciting. Everybody's kind of got a good view of it. So I think I see why. It's maybe not as uh, sort of fresh, no. but it's still solid. Teddy Long is out here to scout these lads <laughs> as Ice Train suddenly picks up the pace with a power slam and a corner clothesline on Rick. Rick comes back and nearly breaks Ice Train's neck with an overhead yeah, belly. It's a belly gnarly. I went frame by frame on that, and he like comes down. So I think he goes to tuck his head, but there's nowhere for him to really tuck his head. So he just sort of like tries, 
And then he goes over. You see him just go like bang straight on the head. And then about two frames later, he manages to get his shoulder down. But I was like, fuck it out. Replay, replay, replay. Like looking at him just lying there. I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm fuck you. All right. Terrifying move. Yeah. In any generation, an overhead belly to belly. Yeah. Is a Especially move. the sort of snap speeds that the Steiners get as well. I guess if it's sort of, if you're not ready to sort of tuck and take it, then it, it's very much like shit. <laughs> Just gotta try as fast as you can. Just do your best, just to just to hunker yeah. down and brace for it. And it's also the weirdly become the move that is used to showcase how strong someone is, because it's always done on a big lad. Yeah, like of and all then the moves often to do, they just roll through it and they're right back up. Yeah. It's like, but it, but of all the people you're trying to like, you know, maybe try and just hoy over your shoulder. Some of the smaller lads, yeah, that'll probably be all right. Not a fucking beast of a human that might not make it through the through the rotation. I don't know why it popped into my head when you were talking about just throwing the smaller lads, but. You've ever seen Strongman? You know I've when they, you know, contest, you know when they yeah. stand there and they they've got like the keg, and they've got to throw the keg over an increasingly higher and higher bar like it's a pole vault. Yeah, just imagine that, but with like Lesnar, all the beefy boys, and then just people like Ray or like <laughs> or like the young upstart Billy Kidman we'll see later in this episode. Just grabbing him. Just how high can you throw him? How high can you suplex him? A Kidman throwing contest. <laughs> <laughs> we all need one of them. Uh, so. No one got a boot to the face off a top rope, nothing. Mm. And then Rick Steiner gets tagged in. We've got clotheslines, we've got backdrop, we've got a running power slam from Rick. Cover broken up by Ice Train. Scott holds Rick down for an ice for Ice Train to splash him. <sighs> However, Rick pulls Norton into the path of the splash. And Rick no and Norton absorbs the splash from Ice Train. And in all the chaos, Rick Steiner German suplexes Ice Train for the three. Bit of a convoluted. My favorite finish. team, Tom. I know, mate. My favorite team. I know. Your boys. What are they fucking what are they gonna do? Hopefully not split up. Because they're they they are a fun time. I hope they don't split up. I like them. I like the We farms. know how this story ends. <laughs> Here, and here's where the story ends. It's a little souvenir of a terrible year. It's <laughs> Teddy getting pushed over yeah. in slow motion. <laughs> We'll get there in a minute. Tamine Jean with Big Bubba, Jimmy Hart, and the Taskmaster. Taskmaster runs back what was said last week, saying he lived for the end of Hulkamania, but didn't see it going down. But not like this. this. Not like this. It's interesting the way he's sort of backtracking on the whole thing, going, yeah, we always wanted to end Hulkamania, but oh, fuck. No, it's not the right way to do it. We wanted to end it by killing him in a multi-layered cage. I might be a former Satanist who runs a dungeon of strange, mysterious, evil people that actually live in a different realm because Hulk Hogan's been there with King Curtis just sitting on a throne there. Uh, But no, for me, you know, morals are important. (laughs) (laughs) I use a golden spike, but for me, morals are important. (laughs) I think whilst it is important... To you know, end and crush your 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 enemies in an altar. To corrupt their soul, to to absolutely decimate them, to remove all of the joy they have given the world, to remove their influence of positivity on the youth of the world. Um, I, I think just, you should agree to contractual obligations. Yeah, I think the contracts are you know <laughs> sacred. Really, you know, you talk about things being sacred. This is America. <laughs> Except this is America. Except in our realm, where yeah. it's, it's, it's well, you know, we do what we want there, it's but it, it's got a very similar legal system. I can tell you that much, which is why 
I, the taskmaster, care so much and so deeply <laughs> about contractual obligations. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the foundation of our culture. Haku has the golden spike for his sins because he killed many people, but his contract is watertight. I made made sure. Yeah, it's, you know, know, all his paperwork's up to date. He's looked his after. Taxes are done in April. He's guaranteed at least a four-star hotel with a hot mm. tub and a sauna. You know, it's some things you just don't <laughs> fuck with. My dungeon of doom. <laughs> Go out and end Hulkamania, but keep your receipts. <laughs> We'll Solomon, pull them through the end of the son! <laughs> Have you done your VAT return This doesn't yet? appear to be the suite we agreed upon. <laughs> You're right, King Curtis. I'm Let sorry, me sort Father. that. <laughs> I'll ring head office. <laughs> Maybe to put it on another yes, company card. Yes, Hilton. <laughs> I believe it's all on the company card. <laughs> That's Ted Turner. <laughs> I'll keep my receipt from dinner. <laughs> it's got to be got, done the right way. It's got like a legal boot. <laughs> and they just put it on the table and they all start chanting ominously and bowing to it as grace. <laughs> <laughs> Sullivan, my son, you have been here all night plotting the death of Hulkamania. Please take the hours back on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Somebody out there with the animation. Don't make me learn animation. Don't make me do it. There's been too many things we've talked about here that would just make great little animations. We're very sad that the shark left because he did so before. Just imagine this. Bringing us his forms for his sick pay. But imagine that, but just looking like an old Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo cartoon. Well, I think we've mentioned this before. They're all just sitting around at Denny's. Just like, <laughs> discussing tax. The Dungeon of Doom as a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah. Would have been oh, fantastic, man. chasing around the <laughs> enemies. Anyway, Jimmy Hart focuses on the four horsemen, saying he'll recruit every professional athlete, if need be, to make sure they get wiped out. Bubba Rogers promises to put Sting to sleep later tonight. As Bubba is talking, Haku and the Bear Barbarian turn up, almost like they were, they, <laughs> they were, forgot they had a promo <laughs> to do. It's like they, somebody forgot to shout at them in their locker room or something. <laughs> and they're just like, wait, what the fuck are we doing, man? Aren't we supposed to be out there by now? <laughs> when asked why they were late to the promo, Taskmaster says, well, they were getting into, they were taking care of our back. <laughs> so I'm glad that Literally, was clear. Glad we cleared that up. by the curtain just going. <laughs> One of them looking in either direction. <laughs> they arrived five minutes early today, so I told them to take five minutes extra at lunch. <laughs> just so everything adds up evenly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sullivan told Chris Benoit, you got too personal with me now. They're having a fight in a bit. A lot of, lot of conjecture it, it and felt, story. It felt very odd to have one stable out there, each of them with their own beef. <laughs> Completely just un, like they're all related to each other, but obviously just different gravities of different situations where it was like the overarching stuff, the more feud centric stuff, and then just Luger, I'm going to fucking batter you. <laughs> also, these two lads. <laughs> See you in a bit. <laughs> A mess. A big issue with a lot of the faction promos is that they're serving so many different masters. Yeah. Nothing really lands as a consequence of that. Because in that 60-second bit, we had the Outsiders, we had Hogan, we had the Four Horsemen, we had Sting, we had Benoit. Lots of... too much stuff to get over there. Hell of a lot. Dean Malenko cuts a very Dean Malenko promo. He promises to get his Cruiserweight title back, and beating Billy Kidman is the first step towards it. For he is the man of a thousand holds. Not the most engaging of promo, bless him. I, it, he never has been. Though. I didn't really, like, for me, uh, like, as a kid, I just loved Malenko because he was vicious. It was similar to Benoit. Like, I, I just watching somebody get in there and, and really lay it in 
it, it felt like really violent. It felt like different to everything else that was on the card. So I didn't really pay much attention to because I wasn't ever thinking like that. Was that was that a good promo or not? It was just like, oh, Dean Malenko's up next. Oh, oh shit! Uh, and you know, then you you get ready for the match. So it was sort of. I don't know. Like I, I never really minded that Malenko couldn't cut a promo because yeah. he could, he could fucking nail it in the ring. That's fair. As Dean walks to the ring in his Steve Austin style jacket, Jimmy Hart is appealing to Malenko for something. Couldn't quite hear what was going on here. Tony Shivani says we can't hear what they're talking about. The reason we can't hear what they're talking about is because you're talking all over them. Have we bypassed a little segment here? Oh shoot, we have. We have. Not a little segment. A I apologize. Fucking massive segment, Tom. <laughs> Rewind. What about oh, <laughs> Glacier promo? He's coming like Veer. Okay, that. And then to Mean Gene. Yes. Who is backstage with fire with the icy and hot, ice. The icy hot, hot ice. <laughs> the icy hot, hot ice. What goes down in this segment? I've right. Seen you have so, notes. Of course, Ice Train, the fucking moron, splashes Norton. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Absolute idiocy. There was a clear five seconds as you were coming down in midair where you could have moved your entire body weight to the other side because that's how physics work. Don't fucking talk <laughs> back to me. <laughs> Norton Reams Ice Train, obviously. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And blah, 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 kicking off at him. Uh, Ice Train's trying to appease him, just saying, you know, I fucked up. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of a mistake and everything's fine. It, it, you know, it's just one of those things and uh, we'll be more on the same page. Uh, then Teddy Hart, uh, not Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart, Hart runs up. Up. Uh, I made Teddy. it through the multiverse, <laughs> lads. You gotta come imagine. You, they they want to send one wrestler back through time to save wrestling, and the only person they can send is Teddy Hart. So they send him. Uh, lads, you gotta come quick. Vince is about to do something to Brett in Montreal. <laughs> Shut up, Teddy. No one believes you. So Teddy Long walks up after he kind of walks out halfway through the match. Teddy Long is just like, whoa, 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 guys, like don't. Don't break up over this. Don't fall out. You know, you're a great team. And Norton just has none of it. Just fucking whomp. <laughs> ice Train's like, what are you doing? Norton storms off. So the future of Fire and Ice is uncertain, but it's very certain. You all know where it's going. Ice Train reassures Scott that they will be okay at some point. <laughs> it's a little souvenir of a terrible year. <laughs> Makes my eyes feel sore. I hope they're all right. Yeah, me I think, too. I, I, th I think oh. we're going to have a whole two weeks until we find out. Maybe. Oh, maybe, and then maybe I reckon by June, by by maybe next June they'll just go. Oh, they're having a match on the pay per view. Yeah, we haven't mentioned them in years. <laughs> anyway. Thinking back to 1996, <laughs> it's like 2001. It's <laughs> that sin. Imagine they turned up part of the invasion. Fucking amazing. I fucking Norton Scott and Norton ice train. The thing is, Norton Norton at 100 be the type of talent you wouldn't need to tie him in. You could bring him in in advance and be like, Hey, it's Scott Norton, and you could put him anywhere really you wanted but at the same time he just i don't know if he was the same type of performer by that point that wwf needed because they were kind of like car crash tv and i think though that the invasion needed it because the backs because as we, you know math and i spent the last year talking about the mm. invasion storyline and the general consensus was the wwf locker room hated having the wcw guys around and they were a bit shitty to them you know hulk or holly was was a bit of an arse to them i'd fucking love to see holly square up to scott norton exactly that'd be scott norton and ice train would turn up as part of the invasion i still They'd think pipe the fuck down i still think holly would fucking go for it i still think i reckon oh, yeah, holly would have gone well i think holly could have dropped him and all do you reckon yeah scott that's norton. the thing norton how i reckon Holly, ice, with like, Ice Train there as well. Yeah, if we've got Ice Train as backup, fine. Mm. But Holly does have half the uh, the locker room. <laughs> uh, but 
I think like Bob Holly's like one of the more fascinating figures in wrestling. Like mm. anytime anybody does a podcast on him, it's like, I've got to listen to it. Uh, just everything with him being a dual sport athlete where he was actually <laughs> racing cars and fucking wrestling at the same time. And, you know, like being uncertain of his own future in the company quite a lot and getting fucked over by people quite a lot. You see why he kind of turned into a bit of an aggro guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But without him turning into an aggro guy, we wouldn't have got hardcore Holly, hardcore Holly. And that's still, I mean, the Alabama slam is still one of my favorite moves of all time. It's a good fit. It's, it's a good just gnarly. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Put your back and back. throw you down. Yeah. I think that the, the thing that makes me laugh the most about Holly is that you hear these stories at backstage. Yeah. You have like Bruce and that got up to him going, um, have you had any thoughts for ideas and stuff for creative? He went, yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe have me win the title. Yeah. And then what? I'll just beat everybody. <laughs> That's yeah. always his idea. I, I, I'll, um, I'll win the title and beat everybody. Who is it when he's doing the shoot where they're sitting down and talking? He's like, yeah, so I tie him to a chair and then I torture him. And then he goes into very graphic detail about how he tortures somebody. And it was like, all right, Bob, you've not given this much thought at all of you. I don't ever want to get on your bad side. <laughs> Let's just keep the good and good with Bob. Yeah, we? you're great. So... Out comes Dean Malenko. Jimmy Hart appealing to Malenko for something as he walks yeah. out. Tony Schiavone says we can't hear it because he's talking all over him. But we can hear it. I managed to lip-read a bit of what Malenko says to the camera. Mm. And this is the best I could do. So I, th- I think this is wrong. Elbow this cheese is the best macaroni. Elbow cheese macaroni, he says, over and over again. You know it's a good day for Dean Malenko to be in the bat cave of the four horsemen. Benoit, pay attention. <laughs> I don't think he said Batcave, but his mouth looked like Batcave. Well, that's cool. But the heart, the thing Hart was saying was anything you want, anything you want, and then he flees, mm. which kind of, it'll, it'll make sense later. Okay. A Malenko-Benoit showdown, either way, mm. is on the cards. Malenko clobbers Benoit from the off. Sorry, Billy Kidman from the off, leveling him with a single Have we discussed drop Baby kick. Kidman yet? We haven't discussed Billy Baby Kidman yet. You're no. just fucking rolling into it. Just rolling into it. When you've got it. one of the biggest future stars of the company we've sitting had, here. We've had him on. I know we have, but look at him. He's back. It's he, been weeks, Tom. It has been a while since we've and seen And it's Billy, Billy Kidman. Kidman. Look is, at him. His lovely floppy Little blue hair. chipper. <laughs> I, oh, man. It's... I... I Billy Kidman. You're a fan of Peter Gruner, aren't you? Peter Gruner? That's his real name. Really? Peter Gruner. Peter Gruner, wow. Peter Gruner. Should just change it to Billy Kidman. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, like Billy Kidman, I don't know what it was. Like he, I, I think WWE didn't really know what to do with him. He had an all right run, but it, like when he came over and everything, but th- it was just, he was young. He was dynamic. There was nobody really doing what he was doing in the high flying division, which is quite something considering the range of talent they had, he was able to just kind of stand out. Mm. Uh, and I really liked Billy Kidman as a kid. Uh, and I, I thought he, uh, I thought he should have done more in WWE, but the second they took the shorts off him and the vest, it was like, ah, we used to do it. They kind of That's WWE, where the magic is. It's WWE like Andrew WK. Did. Have you ever saw him in anything but white shirt and white pants? Like, I, I think my brain had melt. <laughs> That's his look. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, straight to the journey we'll see on Billy Kidman joining the it's whole, joining be the flock and it's, the yeah, kinda... the flock's interesting, and then from there it becomes that kind of the meteoric rise of Kidman for a little bit, for a little bit, yeah, <laughs> for know, a little bit. The whole of the wrestling world learns to never try and powerbomb Kidman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lest you get come up and Malenko clobbers Ben uh, Bear Kidman from the off, leveling him with a single leg drop kick. However, Kidman rallies with a top rope missile drop kick, lovely, mm. and a German suplex. 
Malenko shuts Kidman down with a knee to the guts and a spinning toehold. As he's doing this, Larry and Tony are talking about WCW wrestlers possibly jumping to the new blood, the new world order. Larry gives us a bit of Steve Austin by saying, don't trust anybody. He's coming out with all the catchphrases <laughs> tonight. I'm telling you, he's been sat there just... <laughs> building His eyes them just up. white and over as he's seeing like the next 50 years of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Jabron is... Malenko grinds on Kidman and hits an Alabama slam. Your favorite move? <sighs> Kidman reverses. But he's not from Alabama. No. I mean, neither is Bob Holly, but technically was because he lived there and he, he moved his life there and he became an Alabaman. <laughs> In order to do Alabaman? the Alabamian. 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 Alabamania. Because Drew McIntyre does the Alabama slam. Yeah. I thought they would have renamed it the Airship Slam. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Tom, get out. Fine, you can do that. How dare you? I'm going to go. The Alabama Slam. You're just going to rename it, are you? Yeah. Are you going to call the Stone Cold Stunner the sit-down grabby thing? Like, what, were you Do gonna... we not all do that anyway? Oh, look. I'll you heard it, this. I'll call it the Alabama Stunner. Hey, you heard this. Absolutely <laughs> shambolic. <laughs> I just thought it'd be nice to bring it in line. Well, you gonna, any, anybody the does the Manhattan Drop, you're going to rename it after their hometown here. Oh, I forgot about the Manhattan Drop. Yeah. Isn't that the inverted atomic drop? Yeah, it tends to have a bit of a bigger bounce. Ah, yes, that needs to be renamed as well. Yeah. <laughs> I see where this is going. Anyway, it's kid- all a conspiracy to erase oh. Bob from the history books. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm trying to wipe his Bob cousin out. weighed in at well over 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to fuck with the Holly family. Uh, no, hashtag don't fuck with the Hollies. They ain't heavy. They are heavy, and they're <laughs> they his brother. Ain't heavy, they're my Hollies. <laughs> <laughs> Running tornado bulldog lands and a reverse somersault through the air. AKA a shooting star press. Yeah, that was it's like some sort of reverse backflip. <laughs> I love like they'd like, like they'd never seen it before. Despite the fact obviously Jushin Liger was pulling out. Was it Jushin Liger in the back? Doing the Liger does moonsault, I think. It was in the it was it was in the, it was in Japan doing the shooting star press. I, the the person I identify most for shooting star press uh, has always been Kidman. It's been Kidman. Yeah. But then Wildman Mark Mero was doing it in WWF. Ah, who watches that crap? You got NWO over here. That's very true. And, and as we as we're learning on the classic Raw review, nobody's watching. It's just me and Atkins at this point. Malenko capitalizes with a brainbuster, a power bomb, a tiger bomb, and then a clover leaf I for an intense, impressive submission that. win. That little closing segment was beautiful because the whole story through the match has been very much that Kidman's young and he's wiry and he's wily and he keeps just getting these roll-ups and he keeps getting these small packages and they're like, you know, they're getting two, Nelly getting three. He's trying to get his offense in, but it's just Malenko's ring awareness and his psychology is just so much more refined at this point when you put him up against someone like Kidman that Kidman just can't. And Malenko just kind of goes to that chain of like sequence to finish things off and it was it's so fucking fast it's just like one two thinks about it three clover leaf. oh man and the clover leaf just again for my money my favorite submission i think that gets no love really these days rhea ripley uses an inverted version of it but i fucking love me some clover leaf the texas clover leaf we need to rename that as well yeah we do where's it gonna be well I'll tell you what because we're getting rid of the alabama slam we can call it the alabama clover leaf <laughs> Oh, no, see, we'll move you, around. You can't just, you, you, what you're doing there, Tom. I'm making you, work, aren't he's I? Got, he's got them all on sheets of paper, and he's looking at them going, what am I going to call them? And he goes, 
cuts the paper in half, swaps the place <laughs> names around and goes, I've fucking done it. Is there a list of like top 10 moves named after places in America? No, but there probably should be. Let's do one in a minute. I'm sure many people will watch. <laughs> Dean Malenko says that's one down to the camera as he's on his way back to winning the Cruiserweight title. In fact, the thumbnail is him doing that little one finger. Nice. <laughs> wagging it like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To Mean Gene for part one of a three-pronged bit of Nitro bullshit with Kevin Green. Oh, this was... This whole sequence of events, I thought was fucking hilarious. It was. It was. It was like I get it. You know, you got them out there on TV. You're keeping the flame alive a little bit, but whoo. Mm. Kevin is upset with Hulk Hogan stabbing his Hulkamaniacs in the back. Kevin Green looked up to Hulk Hogan as a kid. Now I've done some maths here. So Kevin Green was almost 34 years old at this point in 1996. So he's 33. I think he turned 34 in July, like end of July. Um, so his little Hulkamaniac days were somewhere around 1972 to 1978. We say from the ages of 10 to 15, 16. Mm -hmm. That's kind of when you're going to sort of be like, eh, I kind of like John Tenter better now because everybody did. Uh, but uh, Green was into Hogan before Hogan was even into wrestling because <laughs> Hogan started training in 77. So that makes Green the biggest hipster in wrestling history. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't even look that deep. 
<laughs> I was like, you can't be a little Hulkamania unless you're one of these like freaks of nature that's like 20 and looks like they're 40, like John Tenter. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless you're really into, you know, bouncers in random Floridian nightclubs. Yeah, because they already, I think they already touched on Billy Kidman being a little Hulkamaniac just a little bit earlier as well. Uh, and it was like, yeah, more convincing because Kidman's got to be what, like 19 here, 20. Like, yeah, he was a kid in the 80s. You know, he fucking looked up to Hulk. Do you think this was maybe a rib on Hogan for Kevin Green? <laughs> you know, I looked up to you when I was little. I think it was just one of those throwaway comments that they just went, yeah, that makes sense. Just say that. <laughs> to the business in hand. He doesn't want to wait any longer to get it sorted with Mongo McMichael, who Starts turned his hair and his shirt him. off. Kev says, I've got two hours before my flight leaves. Now, really, he should be heading off in the next 20 minutes because he has to clear check-in. He's no, two hours. no, no, he just, he, there's, a, there's a secret airport at Disney. You don't know anything about it. It's oh. sort of like, where the Magic Kingdom just sort of opens up like a James Bond villain's lair. It doesn't matter if people are on the rides. They'll just kind of get scraped <laughs> off. That's fine. But, you know, the, this massive runway comes out and private jet and that. But he's going to find Steve McMichael before he has to leave in two hours for his flight. Yeah, so uh, Green's got to go back for anybody sort of out the loop on it. Green's got to go back to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, is it? Mm-hmm. Or Carolina Panthers? It is the Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, so he's got to go back uh, to training camp for NFL. Uh, either way, he's got to go back to NFL training camp. And essentially, then the season starts. If they make the playoffs uh, and they get through the Super Bowl, it's kind of he's kind of going to be tied up till about February. So he is going to be just away. So he's like, I want this now. Mm. I can't come back through the season, obviously, because he's a he's an actual sporting athlete. You can't kind of put him in any situation where he may possibly even get mildly injured because if his team needs him, his team needs him. So it's, it's uh, yeah, this is a now, convoluted setup. <laughs> two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, Ke- Kevin Green walked out on Nitro and said, I'm off for NFL training. Bye. I will get to you when I'm done. And that was it. And I thought, what a nice way to leave it. Yeah, just just be very matter of fact about it. Yeah. People know he's a footballer, you know, but they know he likes wrestling. They know he wants to come back. So him coming out here, I made me go, oh, maybe something's changed. Maybe we're going to get the, the payoff now for whatever reason. Cool. Let's see how this pans out. I'm sure it'll make sense. He got a mild cheer from the crowd. And I think ultimately having the, you know, having an, an additional NFL player on hand for a more casual audience is probably going to go over well. Mm, yeah. I like your logic. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to this later. Quick interbreak promo from Harlem Heat who are upset with Colonel Parker's flummox from last week that cost them the match. They promised to take out Parker. They say, you've been burning the candle at both ends, but you know damn well the fire starts with the heat and ends with the heat. But get rid, just, just, get, just sit down, get your seatbelts on because it's more convoluted bullshit time. We can piece this story. This, <laughs> we can piece together some of the storyline here. Okay. So. Should Co- we start at the wedding or what? Okay. So, so you, if you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that Colonel Rob Parker and Sherry Martell got, uh, married. got married because Sherry got bumped in the head and re- thought she fell in love with Colonel Robert Parker. And Sherry at the time was managing Harlem Heat. She fell in love with Robert Parker. She began neglecting Harlem Heat and hanging around more with the Colonel. They get married. It's a whole thing. Mm. But ultimately, Harlem Heat then go off on their own. Yes. And now Robert Parker has reemerged uh, along with Sherry Martell. And Rough and Ready, who yes. is Dirty Dick Slater and Mike Anus Enus. <laughs> uh, so Colonel Rob Parker, as you say, managing Harlem Heat once again, along with Sherry. He is broadening his horizons and extending his portfolio by creating another team to manage with his old mate, Dirty Dick but Slater. But did, did we ever resolve the Sherry Colonel stuff, considering that the Colonel was trying to marry somebody else? And it was maybe Medusa, but... 
It was Medusa, my sweet little pudding pie. Yeah, my pudding pie. My sweet little ocean crumble, <laughs> whatever he called her on the phone. I it was a really remember. grim it was bit like, of pastry. Yeah, it was just something fucking My gross. little squirrel for catcher, I don't know, something. Uh, and uh, smoking a cigar <laughs> the entire time. Called her, yeah, what was the what was the what was the pudding? You're like my sweet little egg pie or something shit. Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon <laughs> bun. Um one can assume it's yeah, so he he was. Uh, uh there was something going on there. They had a match, Sherry went away. I think that's just all been forgotten. <laughs> yeah, and now Sherry you know. just comes out with Harlem Heat and it's like all right, so Sherry's back managing Harlem Heat, and then the Colonel comes out with Rough and Ready, and it's like, okay, well, they were at the wedding, that kind of, yeah, okay, Dick Slate is still here, it's, it's okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then as <laughs> Rough and Ready have, I think, come down first, as Harlem Heat come down, Colonel just sort of hangs back and commentary is like, of course, Colonel is managing both of these teams tonight, and it's like, but the way we're feuding with him. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's just, it's... They sort of, no matter who wins, the colonel wins. He's coming out with all the money tonight. And it's like, but he's also pitting his two represented teams against each other, thereby harming one of them. And then it doesn't matter in the end anyway. But it just, oh, would you, this could have benefited with a pre-match promo. It could have this been, could have done with a pre-match promo. Pre-match smoke, that, I'll be honest. That wasn't just, because um, that's the thing. It's like, you've got Harlem Heat running down colonel and then colonel's representing them. Yeah. Here's the the, the catch-22 that both Nitro and Raw are currently in, right? They are desperate to make sure that all eyes stay on the product, right? Yeah. They constantly don't switch off because this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. What WWF are doing is actually better than what WCW is doing in the sense of they're doing less storylines. Yeah. There's maybe three storylines that float through. So therefore it's easier to follow and navigate yeah. what's happening. You've got a very easy plane jumping on point there mm. as well because commentary don't have to hammer it home as much. They can just sort of discuss it. They discuss it during yeah. the matches. And if, and you know what? It, it genuine, whilst both shows are uh, annoyingly over uh, overactive, yeah. Raw is a slightly easier ocean crumble to eat. Nitro is trying to do 400 different things. It's using 19 spoons if, if to raw, eat a rice pudding. If raw is overactive, nitro is hyperactive. Yes. Yeah. That's a great way of describing it's it. It's sort just, of nitro's just like, just boom, 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 like just as much as possible. But the bombardment does kind of work because it feeds into the excitement. And, you know, as long as you don't ask too many questions, you just go with it. Mm. It's a little bit like, oh, it's a bit of a wild ride, but yeah. But we've had to really pay attention mm. with this particular story to, to get any sense of what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Uh, so this is Colonel Parker's new team, Rough and Ready. It's Dick Slater and Mike Enos, a.k.a. Blake Beverly. Yes. Uh, formed by Colonel Rob Parker on WCW Saturday night last week. They teamed with VK Wall Street to look at the Wait, lights. was it not Rough and Ready at the wedding then? It was Dick Slater and somebody else at the wedding, Yes, it? it was... Um, it was Dirty Dick. It wasn't definitely wasn't Mike Enos. It was somebody no, else. It was someone else. It was definitely yeah. This is a new team. Let's just say Tracy Smothers. Yes, they yeah. they, they celebrated <laughs> this forming of the new team by teaming with VK Wall Street to lose to Lex Luger, Sting, and Randy Savage as a tune-up match for Bash at the Beach. <laughs> that is all they have done until this point. So of course they get a tag team title match. <laughs> The colonel knows how to pull strings, though, you he know? He fucking does. The colonel's, he's, he's a wily bastard. They do they do kind of keep that in the loop. Yes. The so colonel's colonel. capable of a lot of strange things. Harlem Heat come out with Disney fireworks going off and Sherry Martel by their side. It looks big deal. Mm. Rough and ready have matching attire, which is lovely. All four brawl from the off, and referee Jimmy Jett is having a mare <laughs> getting these teams in their respective corners. <laughs> 
We see Stevie Ray beating up Mike Enos. Booker gives a sidekick that Enos sells, like Sonic the Hedgehog losing his rings. It's <laughs> 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 my favorite sell in wrestling. Slater helps Rough and Ready get back in control, throwing Booker to the outside and slamming him on the concrete. Now, throughout this, we see glimpses of Sherry and the Colonel kind of nattering with each other. Mm. Colonel's kind of telling Sherry some stuff, and she's just a bit like, what? No, 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 no. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, Booker shakes it off, uh, and another brawl between all four gets out of hand. Everybody is sent to their corners, and Dick Slater uh, is, is, the single, is, is the legal man against Stevie Ray. Dick Slater looks like what I imagine Kenny Omega will look like in his 60s if he becomes a bitter indie wrestler. I think <laughs> a little bit, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, if, if Kenny just all of a sudden was like, you know, demoted to the point where he started working like really local feds, <clears throat> Got a big drinking, you know, go- going on. Yeah. And yeah. Started being a cowboy. Coming out to battle cry and just like half hearting it and giving a V trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Charging 100 quid for a photo. <laughs> That's what Dick Slater looks like. Look him up. Double down for Slater and Booker leads to tags all round, but the referee doesn't see Booker's tag. In the confusion, Sherry snogs the face of Dick Slater. Who sells it like he's going to vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a woman. Leaving, to, leaving him prone to a Booker T roll-up for the win. What a fucking mess. Dick says, I only kiss crocodiles. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> You ain't no crocodile woman. I do see, like, Dick Slater, I could see him just sleeping in a swamp somehow. Like, he's able to just breathe underwater. He just spooning a crocodile, you know, just just lying there. It would be an alligator, wouldn't it? Spooning mm. a gator, just lying there. <laughs> Double down from, as I say, so Rob Parker leaves Throw quickly. some rocks in to wake him up on the morning. Accidentally nail him, wakes up, pissed off. <laughs> straight after you. Parker's out of there like a like his bum's on fire. Yeah. Leaving Sherry in the heat to celebrate. It's so obviously a deal was struck between Sherry and Rob Parker. Yeah. This is too this this few this is too uh subtle and too much. It's for possibly a, uh, the most soap opera feud we've had so far mm. covering Nitro from the beginning. I think this is it's definitely because it's it's done the wedding, you know, we've had the the fallout, we've had all the ridiculousness, and then they go away, and then all of a sudden they're mysteriously back. Like a family just rocking back up, like, you know, an Emmerdale or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd. We get a nice video package for Rey Mysterio Jr. here. Yeah. Putting over Big Ray Ray. Sizzle reel for, for Lil Ray. And then into the break, we get a video with Meng and Jimmy Hart. Arn Anderson will be the next victim of the Dungeon of Doom. That match is coming up in a bit. But next, we go to Green Jean. Green Jean is back with Mean Green. And Kevin Green is here. He can't wait any longer. That's right. He's legitimately got a plane to no, catch. No, but he, he's like, he's honestly, so he's like, he's still demanding Mongo. Again, tears his shirt off. And he's sort of like, uh, you know, I, I've got to go now. So we need to do this match now, right now. And uh, what Gene's like, well, Mongo's in the back, but he's clearly a- avoiding you. And he's like, well, Mongo's in the back. Then bring him out. He's like, I told you he was in the back already, you fucking fool. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he basically keeps taking his top off or whatever and he's just like, you know what? I, I, I've got to go now. And, and then like Poochie, he just goes back to his home planet. <laughs> like he just accepts it and leaves. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like you could have at least like, you know, I don't know, went off on somebody like or grabbed someone close to Mongo, like another Nothing. horseman would like, run him down or something. Nothing. 
There's one more part to this three-pronged bit of shambles this week, which I will we'll touch upon <laughs> later. In the ring, uh, I it's... must go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> Kevin Green never returned. <laughs> Can you imagine the red crayon? I'll come back for him, but he didn't come back. <laughs> Medusa in action against Malia Hosaka. Yes, and she looks strong as fuck here. Fuck this is a very yeah. hard hit in the fair. Uh, Medusa is facing Bull Nakano at Hogwild, mm -hmm. with the winner getting to destroy the loser's motorbike. The ultimate prize in all of wrestling. Uh, so Hosaka's actually uh, an, an American-born talent from Hawaii. She's half Japanese. She had a stint in LPWA Japan, uh, early ECW when it was Eastern. She's a former NWA women's champion. Uh, she is, I think she won an honor from the Cauliflower Alley Club. She's, I think she still wrestles from time to time. Uh, but in terms of storyline, we've had Sonny Ono back and forth sort of over the last year and a bit. It's not been a central bit of the story, but it's kind of concerned Bobby. It's concerned sort of bringing in talents from the Far East. Uh, and so this is sort of just kind of accredited to him. It's like mm. it's all kind of tied to the Sonny Ono deal. Uh, Hosaka uh, flattens Medusa for the start with several kicks and some chokes with her leg as well. Tony says Hosaka is an assassin from Bull Nakano mm. towards Medusa. They're wearing Medusa down before the paper. They then wonder what type of motorbike Bull Nakano would have and then proceed to just list Japanese brands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> if you've ever watched... Uh, 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 if you ever watched Medusa competing at the Egg Dome, you already know what type of motorbike she has because <laughs> she rode out on it for her match against Bull Nakano there. Da big egg. Big egg one. Hosaka puts a headlock on Medusa but sneakily chokes her as well, naughty. It's when she's just fucking hurling around by her hair. <laughs> like Medusa just grabs a handful of her hair and she's just whipping Oof. her. Medusa boots her way out, starts kicking and hair-maring Hosaka. Mm. Medusa goes for a pile driver, but Hosaka reverses it into a Boston crowd. Nice. Uh, Hosaka misses a back senton, but then Medusa misses a drop kick. And the Nitro second hour countdown is on! And it starts getting desperate. They're going yeah. like really going for it, very evenly matched. It's good. <laughs> it's only the second time in wrestling that suddenly <laughs> there's been a mad panic on as the countdown hits zero and fireworks go off. <laughs> Osaka missing a crossbody. Medusa lands a German suplex and gets the three just as hour two begins. And the fireworks, for whatever reason, the first few make such a satisfying little peep noise. Mm. Just watch out for that if you're going to watch it back. It's just, it's just like peep, 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 peep. <laughs> they didn't, peep this, as they fire. And because they got their own this time. Yeah. They didn't rely on the Disney ones. So yeah. They brought their own peepers. Yeah, they brought their own peepers <laughs> and they, they, were able to, uh, they were able to upstage Disney by getting those out first. But fun fact about Hasaka, she'd gone to be signed by WWE, renamed Aphrodisia, and then plans were to align her with import talent uh, S.A. Rios. But obviously that fell through and we all know who got that job. Yes, we certainly do. Yeah. Funaki. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So nice. she was, she was going to uh, be like in the spot Lita would eventually take. Wow. Mm. What a different multiverse we could have been in. Yeah. I like that. Into the break, Arn Anderson says Meng could eat any man alive. But on Monday night, the Horseman's record is unparalleled. 9pm fireworks go off and behind them we cut to the top of the stage where Kevin Nash and Scott Hall have covered WCW with NWO each letter written on large bed sheets. Well, the first you see is W and I was like oh they're going to change it to www. and then have a banner underneath and they got a website www.lycos.com but it pulls out to fucking it pulls out to the NW and then it reveals that they haven't put the O 
up quite yet. <laughs> and then when it cuts back to Big Bishy Baby and Bobby, um, you just see them awkwardly kind of just putting it up and getting blinded by the glitteriness yeah. of it. It's just like... <laughs> And very busy goes, oh yeah, we knew it would be an O. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know whether the uh, timing was off on this. So the big WCW logo yeah. on top of the stage now has NWO in, in bed sheets. sheets. And uh, the, the outsiders have a couple of deck chairs, mm. some Disney branded cups, and they're having a good time. It looks like that episode of Bottom where they run a news agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they go onto the roof for a bit. Or like clerks, which I assure you, we are open. <laughs> Uh, as they're chilling, Meng is fighting, is fighting Arn Anderson. Nash and Hall have deck chairs and cocktails from the stage to enjoy this bit of hard striking from Meng and Anderson. Uh, Meng starts strong with chops in the corner on Arn Anderson until Arn bends Meng's foot around the turnbuckle post. Meng shakes it off and cracks Arn with a Mongolian chop across the back of the neck and the throat. Here comes the barbarian heading to the ring. I think he was late back from his lunch again. Yeah, well, you know, you, you got you to honour the contract. Honour the contract. He's, yeah. He had five minutes due. Back from it, Meng works over Arn some more, choking him down at one point, nearly getting DQ'd for the choking. Naughty. The crowd can be heard chanting Hogan, Razor, and Diesel, <laughs> which shows how invested they are in the match. Yeah. Jimmy Hart attacks Arn Anderson outside, and Meng keeps the pressure on getting a near fall off a suplex, which shows the fact shows off the fact that Arn tans with his pants on because he gets like a nice little bit of a as he pulls his suplex, gives a bit of hungry bum on the suplex, so you can see the tan lines on Arn. Nice. Just thought I'd throw yeah. that in there. Check out Arn's tan lines. Arch <laughs> <laughs> as infested I am. Arn attempts a DDT, but Meng counters it with a backdrop. Here's Barbarian to clatter Arn with a clothesline from behind, leaving him open for the Savat kick and the win. But I thought that the Horseman's record on Nitro was unparalleled. Whoa. Arn just couldn't get going. Just couldn't get the beat. Couldn't get going. Meng just really stayed on top of him for as long as he could, just, just driving in strike after strike. Whenever Arn did get any offense in, Meng was just getting up straight away, straight back at him. It kind of put in Meng, you know, in a position where he looks really strong. So that's pretty cool, but... It's about it. Barbarian yeah. walks past the camera going, oh, my hand. <laughs> it's taking the mic, I think. Not your boy. To Mean Gene. Mean Mongo, I think you mean. Well, Mean Mongo is amongst them because mean, we've got mean, the horsemen. Mean Mong, Mean Mong, Mean Mong, Geb, Geb, mean mong Gebra. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Mongo. If you just like Akira molded them, <laughs> like mushed them all together. Just, yeah. One unit yeah. in Pepe's head. <laughs> It's Mongo, Deborah, and Pepe, which therefore confirms the heel turn of Pepe as well, which I'm yes. very sad about. Mongo acts upset that he missed Kevin Green, tells him to sign up for a fight. Deborah asks if the Carolina Panthers is a farm team. What fun we're having. She puts over Mongo, spending 15 years in the NFL and holding the most consecutive starts in the NFL, most games played in, most sacks, and the Pro Bowl countless times. Kevin needs to go back to where the farm boys are. Mean Gene chuckles, and they throw to Eric and Bobby. Yeah, the the sort of Mongo tries to say that Green should sign up properly to be a wrestler now and make some real money and stop kind of, you know, if you want to wrestle, come wrestle. Don't play football and wrestle because now you've got to leave. Oh, and it's sort of, it's, it's a little fun, but it's a bit crap. I was expecting <laughs> Kevin Green just to run out from the side and just start fighting with Mongo. Yeah, that's what I was sort of hoping for because it was like they hung on Deborah so long that when it came back, I was expecting to have Green maybe behind him. But 
Nope. No. So therefore, let's look at this three-pronged embarrassment. Kevin Green turns up. I've got two hours to my flight. And then I've got to go. I want to fight Mongo. I've got two hours to be flight. There's six rooms backstage, and I've checked none of them. <laughs> he comes back out <laughs> half an hour later going, all right, I've got to go now. I thought you had two hours, mate. Can't find him. Bye. And then literally 10 minutes later, Mongo Yo. comes out. Is he here? Oh, well. Oh. He's a dickhead. <laughs> Bye. And that's it. Yeah. What was the point in Kevin Green? I don't know. It was like when it cuts away, the commentary's like, Deborah's speaking a lot of truth there, I suppose. <laughs> and it's just like, what, what was this? What was the what point? Was it? Just buries Kevin Green. Well, he's not going to be there for a while. He's never coming it's, back. It's, it's one little barb they can play again in like a promo down the line, isn't it? I don't think he's ever coming back. I think that's the last time we see Kevin Green. He does, doesn't he? I have no, I don't think he does. Let me check. You check as we get pumped up for the closing moment of WrestleMania 20, which is Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero in ring right now. Uh, Benoit out and gets the ref to check Eddie's shoe, and Benoit strikes during the distraction. What a naughty way to start your match, young man. Yeah, he returns. Oh, he does? Yeah. Well, I stand corrected. Thought he did. All Benoit until Eddie counters a powerbomb with an arm drag takeover and then a cross body to the outside. Bischoff suddenly realizes that Nash and Hall have disappeared from their posts about oh, the ring. No, check your back. Oh, no, wobble at the, the platform too much, Bobby. We're up really high here. <laughs> Where have they gone? It does, however, begin that nice long-term story arc with Kevin Nash calling Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero vanilla midgets. Like, they don't stick around for their match. Like, that was ah, a storyline? Apparently so. <laughs> it's a bit, it, was, it was in some people's eyes. It starts here. Benoit bears down on Guerrero with a camel clutch as Bischoff bigs up Hogwild and the Harley Davidson rally. Heenan asks, where's Sturgis? I thought it was closed in August. <laughs> Guerrero lands a back suplex to try and get back into this. However, Benoit shuts him down with a boot, a snap suplex, and a high-angle Boston Crab. One would call it a lion tamer. A grim powerbomb only gets two. Yeah. Oh. Pretty, uh, pretty brutal horrible. Benoit wears him down for a little bit longer until Eddie stops him and lands a superplex as Benoit was going up top. We get a chop exchange lighting up the crowd. Benoit going for another grim powerbomb but here's Guerrero to send him over the top with a hurricane rana as both are on the ground fighting around the ring. Dean Malenko bursts into existence. Anything you want. Anything you want. Anything you want. Anything <laughs> Wait, nothing at all. Anything nothing at all. <laughs> Dean Malenko charges the ring and clatters Benoit's head against the turnbuckle. This means that Guerrero can beat the referee's 10 count and win the match by count out. Benoit, Benoit like just gets in after the 10. So it's sort of it's still evenly matched right at the end. I think it was great, like um great back and forth. There's a point where Benoit can't just can't put him away, so he's just grinding. Mm. He's just like grinding pin attempt, grinding pin attempt, grinding pin attempt, but it's just not enough. Just nowhere near enough. I think best match of the night. Yeah. Oh, by far. <laughs> Yeah. Not that the competition's been particularly rough. I don't know. Wait till we get to the main event. Whoa. Into the break promo from Big Bubba Rogers. He tells Lex Luger not to worry about the outsiders and worry about him instead. They're going to fight in the main event. <laughs> this mm. is just... Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Thankfully, the uh, you don't sound too pleased with the with the main event of Bubba Rogers and Lex Luger. I love Bubba, but it feels like he's just sort of directionlessly thrown into anything they need him to do, which is obviously quite a nice spot I imagine to be in because it guarantees you're going to get to do a lot of stuff. But at the same time, it's just kind of like we had the hair, half hair, hair, bald hair, no mustache, but still got a mustache stuff with Tenta, and it 
I, and now it's just sort of like straight in there with Lex, and it's like, okay, yeah. He's just a good hand, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah. Just a good hand. Fantastic. Uh, we're back, and the NWO bed sheets have been removed from the WCW logo. Thank God for that. Thank goodness for that. I don't know what I was watching. Oh, are they back in their limo, are they? I think they're back in their limo. That's what we're hearing. A limo is actually arriving as we get ready for uh, Luger's first time. A limo's time. arriving, parked in the exact same place it was last <laughs> week. <laughs> it is Big Bubba Rogers versus Lex Luger. Luger's first time back in the ring after his injury at Bash at the Beach. Turns out he had an eye socket injury that he's still recovering from, and that was why he couldn't return to the match, because he couldn't quite see out of that one eye. <laughs> Lazy. Luger quickly sends Bubba what, the back eye or into Lex? the... Both. <laughs> <laughs> Luger sends Bubba pack into the outside with a clothesline. Jimmy Hart refocuses Bubba and gets back in the ring where he gets another paste in. <laughs> Bubba uppercuts Luger in the eye, and this establishes dominance. All of Bubba's strikes are focused on the eye, but don't keep leg down for three though. I, there's a there's a point where he goes for this like I think it's just before like the next big story break in the match happens, but he goes for this baseball slide to the outside, Bubba, and he just slips out and just whap straight in Luger's face. I love that. Move. And then I think once he gets in, he's just standing on the ropes and just grinding his throat down into it. It was good. I like Bubba's. I like it yeah. when Bubba, Bubba's like got that little deceptive bit of speed every so yeah. often. He'll just go. Bah, bah, he's boom, explosive, boom. isn't he? Yeah, speed around. A limo has arrived, as Sam did allude to. Kevin Ash and Scott Hall are stepping out of it. No Hogan again. Hmm. How many people are in the limo, says Eric, as I imagine it like a clown car. And then Bobby goes, three. I mean, what side is he on? I mean, two. <laughs> and Hogan's sitting there in the limo going, he's done it again. <laughs> Bobby, I think we mentioned him. Bobby got some real heat for his Bash of the Beach commentary from it's, Hogan. I think, you know, it, it, it's a heat of the moment thing, um, obviously. And I just think it was the wrong choice of words, but I don't think it was one of those things that was thought out. I think no. it was just like a... It just came out, and it was sort of like, fuck. It's one of those things on commentary where you've learned over the years, like, sometimes the best thing you can do is say nothing. And it's yeah. weird because it goes against your instinct. You're like, okay, well, I'm here to work. I'm here to talk. And you sometimes go, actually, me just shutting the fuck up here. I like when it's Michael right. Cole did that random scream. I want more of that from commentators. <laughs> oh, just, my! No, there's, there's one where, like, somebody's in the ring doing a segment, and it's, it is a pretty boring segment. And I don't know if it was just being done to make people backstage at the curtain laugh. But you just hear Cole randomly through this segment. He just goes like, ah! <laughs> and then it cuts. <laughs> it just goes back to silence. And it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but more of that. I want to find that. I'll try and find it. Please do. Bubba is draining the life out of all of us with a chin lock and various chokeholds into Lex Luger going into the break. We're back from it, and Bubba is biting the face of Leg. Luger fights back with a loaded forearm or three, and then a double down. This is the cue for Hall and Nash, hey to hit the ring. Well, Luger uses something thrown into the ring by heart, doesn't he? Yeah, we kind of miss what happens here, because yeah. we th what it looks like happens is Jimmy Hart throws some nooks to Leg Luger. Or like a roll of quarters or something. And Bubba is shocked by this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter because Hall and Nash are walking to the ring and they get in the ring and they clatter Lex Luger. Yeah, because he deserves it, you know? <laughs> What's he ever done? Then we see him, as, as, as Luger's getting beaten down, we see him, the scourge of the wrestling world. Oh, so it was him, was it? It was him. Bobby's getting a fucking talking to. <laughs> 
Hulk Hogan is in the enters the ring <laughs> in all black. Yes, oh. with minimal facial hair because he's just been away. He's just been doing a probably a film. Yeah. Hall Pretty Nash. soon, though. Pretty soon we get the two-tone beard and it is just divine. Peak Hollywood Hogan. That is like the fucking, I don't know. Like, it's just the coolest fucking facial hair in wrestling. Hall and Nash, Jackknife Luger, tandem Jackknife, with, with Hall adding, putting a bit of stank on it by pushing mm-hmm. him down as he goes. Uh, Hogan stands over Lex Luger, slapping him daft and then pushes him out of the ring. Big Hogan sucks chance as Hogan helps Bubba up to his feet. It seems as if they're going to offer Bubba a place. And commentary here start asking <clears> questions <throat> like, uh, you know, like, again, around, hey, what if they're going to just sort of bring in their own people or what? Like, mm. what is this? Are they going to get Bubba on their side? or? And then they shake hands with him. They shake hands. And as as Bubba walks away, Hogan gives a sick him gesture yeah. to Hall and Nash, and they beat Bubba senseless and throw him out yeah. of the ring. Toss him out of the ring. Hogan, Hall and Nash stand tall, the crowd booing like crazy, and here comes the real fourth man, Mean Gene Oakland, to get the <laughs> scoop. Mean Gene, who apparently at one point it was suggested that he may join the NWO. I learned that this week. Which I would have, I would have killed to have seen Mean Gene in a bandana, shades, riding a <laughs> motorbike. Come on. Why didn't we get that? Yeah. I Why know, didn't right? we get that? Mean Gene says, Hogan, you've led us down the primrose path. Hogan says, I wish I could have done this two years ago, brother. The new world order is taking over professional wrestling. Hulk Hogan is bigger than the sport of professional wrestling. With the outsiders, the foundation of the new world order, we shall rule the wrestling world. And then he runs down Sting, which is expected. And then he talks about the fact that Randy Savage blamed his divorce on him. Yeah! Just, just throws that in there. Just chucks in a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Why not? There's, <laughs> there's, there's, I, I transcribed a bit of it here. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, as far as people like Sting go, when I shook his hand 10 years ago, and he was a skinny little bodybuilder, he was shaking in his boots. I had all the crying for three years from the macho man. He blamed his divorce, the fact he couldn't rise to the occasion, on me. So Savage also blamed Hogan for his erection problems. I mean, if you closed your eyes and all you could see was Hogan. I'd be rock hard, mate. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you enjoy doing Nitro so much, isn't it? Yeah, epic constantly. Yeah. I've heard the WCW blame Hulk Hogan for its problems. Although I have written in my notes, Hulk Hogner. So- <laughs> <laughs> you were literally thinking about hogs. I was thinking about yeah. his hog at the time, yeah. Hulk Hogner. Oh, Christ. The only problem is I'm the greatest wrestler in the world and I'll always be bigger than professional wrestling. With my friends by my side, the New World Order, we're going to rule the professional wrestling worlds. These are the renegades. <laughs> They're the guys who are going to set the trend for the 90s. <laughs> I love it. The thing that people don't realize as I build my empire, will there be more outsiders I bring in or will there be more people closer to Ted Turner? Maybe Eric Bischoff's friends. Who knows? Maybe the guys in the locker room right now. There's always been a double loyalty. They've been loyal to the promoters who pay their bills and they've been loyal to Hulk Hogan because they know where Hogan goes, pro wrestling goes. But what about all the kids, Hogan? Well, Hogan addresses the kids. I laid it all straight for all those kids. If they don't want to follow the path, I'm done with them. I'm not going to mess with Macho or Sting. I hogwild on August the 10th. If the giant has guts enough, I'm going to dismantle the whole Ted Turner organization in one night. We're going to take the WCW belt, make it the New World Order belt, and reign supreme. If Ted has any boys in the back that have any guts, 
Come on out and we'll beat the whole WCW right now. This leads to Hogan shoving me and Gene. And Gene leaves in a bit of a huff. Well, he would be. They kick the garbage out of the ring whilst motioning for the locker room to empty. It's not fair to Gene to call him garbage, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you said what he charges for his hotline? <laughs> garbage. So the answer is, the, the call to the locker room is answered by the Steiners, Meng, the Barbarian, and Arn Anderson. And Sam, I genuinely think in any other circumstance, you'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. These four hardest ass fuckers. And they're all squaring up, but unfortunately, we're out of time. And it fades off in the classic Nitro way. It ends with the NWO. Exciting ending. Ready to fight, and then WCW surrounding the ring. And then all you heard, if you were there in the venue, is, and that's a cut, and then all the rest of start shaking hands to go over to the craft table, <laughs> eating sandwiches. <laughs> Crowd are looking at them and like, what do you want? Just throwing like, bits, of, bits of coleslaw at them and stuff. Not nice guys. Uh, this, felt, <laughs> this felt like a show of two halves. Yeah. I thought the first half was... A bit crap. <laughs> well, it is a show of two halves. There's a half that doesn't have fireworks and a half that does have fireworks. <laughs> I was more into the half that did have fireworks. Yeah, of course. Everybody is. I thought um, Eddie and Eddie and Benoit the match of the night. Closely followed by Kidman and Malenko. Yeah. Very closely followed by them. thought Hogan's promo was good as a baddie. Yeah, it's, like it's he's leaning shaping into up it. nicely. We're going to get less of the new blood speech. We're going to kind of uh, build toward that first elusive extra member of the NWO. And the irony of it is it's going to be neither. No. Uh, a person currently working for WWF or a current member of staff uh, with WCW. Uh, but, you know, we all know how it's going to end. It's going to be bigger. The, the, the NWO roster is going to be bigger than the WCW roster. <laughs> it's going to just get silly. Yeah. But I'm glad we're at the point where it's still a bit silly, but not too silly. Hmm. Uh, Hogwild on the horizon very soon. And um, we will be back next week. We had a nice long break. I'm talking about Nitro. Yes. Ready to get back into the weeds? Yes, very much so. What have you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Are you on Blue Sky I'm yet just, or not? I'm just working away. Just working away. What's Blue Sky? Isn't that the new social media thing that we're doing uh, now? Twitter's I'll be leaving Twitter soon because it's fucking mess. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to follow me on social media, I am probably going to use Instagram more than anything. Uh, I'm just at the Sam Driver on uh, Instagram. If I end up anywhere else, I'll, I'll put it out there. But to be honest... Uh, anybody who still has faith in Elon Musk, what are you doing? <laughs> All the people queuing up to get brain chips, what are you doing? The guy can't run a fucking website. The guy buys Tesla, and everybody goes, he created electric cars. The guy buys a rocket company, he created traveling to Mars, and it's sort of like, yeah, no, this is, this is, the guy's an idiot. Can we just all leave Twitter, please? <laughs> He wants you to pay to see more than 600 tweets a day. Is he on fucking meth? <laughs> Do you know the story behind that? No. It's brilliant. So he originally said, oh, yeah, if, you, if you're a member, you can see more, right? Basically, at the end of last month, Google Cloud said, thank you for a year's worth of, uh, of use of our, of our servers. That'll be a billion dollars, please. <laughs> Your trial and, is over. Yeah. <laughs> and Elon went, um, we're going to move it over to our own servers. And everything fucked up in the transition to their own servers. We're going to move it over to our own servers where it's going to deliberately feed you things that are just outrageous, bullshit, full of conspiracy nutters. Like, it's it's done. Twitter's done. Get the hell off of Twitter before it rots your mind. (laughs) Run, run, run while you can. Run. (laughs) Run. Run. Uh, On the podcast feed, in case you missed it yesterday, brand new Desert Island Graps with AEW and ROH star Mercedes Martinez. Beautiful. I'm going to have to listen to that. She's good fun. If you are a wrestler in training, 
she tells us the one thing that you need to do right now. Okay. So there's some advice. Nice. And uh, she she throws down for Rio. Obviously, got Rio versus Mercedes Martinez mm-hmm. and Thunderstruck for North North Wrestling Thunderstruck next Saturday. It's gonna be insane. Make sure Ooh, you're there. Oh, it's gonna be good. Mercedes Martinez in the Northeast next week. Come on. So she talks oh, all about that. It's gonna be good. So it's on the podcast feed. And if you're a Patreon, you can watch it right now as well. And for the latest wrestling news throughout the day, you can check out cultaholic.com. He is at the Sam Driver on Instagram. Yes. Uh, I am at Tom Campbell on MySpace. Together, <laughs> you can find us at MySpace is back, isn't it? Yeah. You never <laughs> Tom is your friend. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.